Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the champion of Marco Polo, along with Mr. John JJ Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. We will talk business strategy part one today. In this episode, we're going to do a breakdown of the trends that we're seeing in the industry and why we are going to start talking about business strategy going into next year. And yes, I said that right, next year. And we will talk about why that is so important. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, and PoolInvoice.com. We want to thank them for their continued support. John, good morning. Good morning, Edgar. Good morning, everybody. I always get a kick out of our, our little intro, right? We always, we always find a way to, with the video. Watch it up. Yeah, it's something, something's <laughs> going on, right? And I was just thinking to myself right now, too. I go, geez, you know, the people that are watching it live or the people that watch the video, if they pay attention to the beginning when the intro's on, I always mute the microphone, right? But there's always something going on. And if they can read my lips on some of the things that I'm saying, they're going to probably be like, what the hell? <laughs> Because I'm saying stuff and dropping this and dropping that, whatever, because I got mama saying this or this going on or whatever. It's just pretty, pretty hilarious. But uh, we'll get there. Last week, I missed uh, Zach. This week, I'm like going through withdrawals. So, Zach, I'm really glad you're out there and having fun and on vacation and you deserve every second of it. But um, we need you back on the podcast. We absolutely do. We absolutely need to. It's just uh, not the same, you know? No, there's, it's weird, huh? It is. I'm depressed. People are asking me for the last week and week and a half why I'm so depressed. And I go, all I can talk about are like deer and rabbits and the little (laughs) videos he sent us of all the wildlife that, that he was encountering out in his little, on his vacation. I'm stoked to talk about today's topic. I mean, anything when it comes down to business and strategy, most importantly, being strategic and having a plan in place especially in times like, you know, when everything's going great and everything seems to just be clicking and it seems like nothing goes wrong and, and everything, oh my God, everything's just perfect. Everything's going, I'm getting calls, I'm doing this, everything's falling into place. But when shit really hits the fan, that's when strategy and business plans come into play. And it's always falling back on your, on the foundation and understanding what the roadmap looks like and making sure you stay on course and you stick to these points, these values, you know, the guidance that you set forth through experience and through, through learning is really what helps get us through times like this that we're, you know, that we've all encountered. So looking forward to chit chat a little bit about it and hopefully we can, we can help a few people with it. 
Absolutely. And guys, Zach is out today. He was on vacation and then the kids wanted to spend some extra time with the family. So they stayed an extra week. So he's flying back today to pick them up and bring them back home. I think the parents were going to be, I think they were going to Vegas and then they were going to kind of catch up there and then come back. I'm kind of seeing some messages here that are being sent on the Facebook. So I'm kind of trying to take a look the at the Facebook, here. the Facebook on second thought. Maybe he's just ghosting us. Maybe he's just letting us, you know, maybe he's just doing that. He's like, well, watch these guys yeah. crash and burn. <laughs> it, it could be. I was thinking, John, of doing a, a hashtag challenge today as a follow up. And because Zach is not here, do you, do you think that means that he forfeits? I won. I won. I'm. Just, uh, yeah. just straight I up. Mean, obviously, you got you to show up to win, right? And, yeah. Um, and I was yeah. going to do a pop-up surprise. I didn't tell you about it. I didn't tell him about it. He was expected to be back. So, John, I'm I think winner. you're the new champion by forfeiture. Yes. So, that's the, the way it goes. We'll exclude the forfeiture. We'll just say I'm the new winner. And then we'll put a little asterisk. We'll put an asterisk and then put it down on the bottom. Kind of like the Houston Astros have their little asterisk next to the World Series. We'll kind of put that next to yours. Yeah, you can do that. Guys, the shout out of the week goes to Ferg Ferguson. We were trying to figure out, John, he was having a problem with high pH. We were trying to figure it out because he had the pool dialed in. He had borates to the pool. His alkalinity was at seven. But every week he was getting a 7.8 to an eight. And we tried to figure out what the issue was. When he realized that he has self-cleaning pop-up heads and they rotate and they create turbulence and they were kind of uh-huh. coming on for two hours a day. So that's why his pH every week was 7.8 to 8.0. And we're kind of trying to figure it out. We got borates in there, water's dialed in, what's going on? And he sent me a message and he said, oh my God, I was re-listening to the podcast with Bob. And then all of a sudden it clicked that it has the pop-ups with the rotating. So Ferg, a big shout out to you for this week for continuing to stay on it and try to figure out what the issue was. Yeah, absolutely, man. That is a beautiful one right there. And that's what it's all about, you know, finding the solution to your problem, you know, instead of just kind of throwing your hands up or trying to deal with the symptoms, right? I got high pH, I need to add more acid, more acid, more acid, more acid, you know, to lower it down or do this or even drop my alkalinity even lower. But figuring out and going, okay, there's a reason why this, this vessel of water is acting like this and, you know, put his head together and, and figured it out. Kudos to him. That's awesome. Yeah, he kept at it and kept at it. So big shout out to you, Ferg. The other shout out goes to Ryan and John, I hope I don't butcher this last name, but I think it's Flaherty, uh, FP Rado on Instagram. Do you, yeah. you know him? You follow him? Yes, I do. But I don't know him personally. I haven't, I haven't had the pleasure. He was on one of our Instagram lives. And did you see that story that I posted yesterday of him when he got that surprise delivery of 10 cases of liquid chlorine? Yes. Guys, if you haven't watched it, go into Instagram. And it was it was great. It was just great to see that natural reaction where he was just completely excited about it. So big shout out to you. Go ahead. Just think about what we just talked about and being excited about 10 cases of chlorine. I mean, how far have we come and where have we gone, right? In the last six months or a year where, you know, we get excited over something like that. And it it just kind of goes back and it's just, uh, you know, you got to think about it and you just, some of the things we take for granted in life and in business, we can't, and this is living proof. 
it falls back on what we're going to talk about as far as like business strategy and business plans and having a strategy because you cannot assume that the worst won't happen or something like this won't happen to you um, as a business or as a person. You can use that in your personal life or your business life or however you want to do it. But having a plan in place is simple as what if I don't have chlorine? What do I do? It was hard to fathom that a year ago or a year and a half ago, but now it's more than reality and it's devastating to a lot of people. And it's the same thing too. I can't believe I wake up in the morning and I'm checking on, on my phone, trying to hunt down chlorine. Really? That's what I have to do every single morning just to see if I can find some liquid, but that's just it. And you got to adapt and you got to change and you got to roll with it. And you can't spend any time focusing on, oh my God, I have to do this. It's more of like, okay, this is what I got to do. This is now times have changed. I need to steer this ship in a different direction so that I can continue to be successful and we can continue to survive through this and come up with a game plan. And then after all, all this shit's all said and done, then we can sit back and kind of recollect and, and, and figure out, hey, look, okay, what happened? Where did this go wrong? How could I have been prepared more? How could I have prepared our company to succeed or to not set ourselves up for failure so that in the future when something like this happens, because don't say it won't happen again, it probably will happen again, or if not chlorine, something else or whatever, that we're prepared. It's just mind boggling to hear that, that we get excited over a case of chlorine or 10 cases of chlorine. You know, it's funny as I showed the video to Leanne yesterday and, and that was the first words that came out of her mind. She's like, oh my God, you guys are, look look at how crazy your industry is that you guys are actually excited about getting 10 cases of chlorine. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about, you know, business strategy, setting, having the vision, putting that into play. I was super excited for him because you could tell it was genuine excitement that he got oh, for, for those sure. 10 cases. Absolutely. Great for him. And uh, I, I follow him. His truck has this really awesome wrap. So go to Instagram. You could follow him, FP underscore Rado, and you'll see what we're talking about. For those of you that were asking about the customer letter from the Instagram Live, you can download that. You can go to poolnation.online or poolinvoice.com. And up on the top of our pages, you're going to see a little orange button that says resources. And if you click on that button, it'll take you to a login screen. If you haven't registered, you could register there, and then it's going to take you into a dashboard. When you go into that dashboard, what you're going to have access to is a whole bunch of letters that we've created, the ones that we talk about on the lives and the, and the podcast here. And we created a letter that you can send out to your customers, especially for the next like eight weeks. And it talks to them about things that they could do to help. And it's not buying chemicals or any of that, but it's kind of running your pool a little bit longer, rinsing off before. And what we did is we kind of gave it some details so that the people understand why each one of those points is important. So that was from the Instagram live that we did with Bob reducing chlorine demand. But I did get a couple messages with people this morning asking for the letter. Just go there, log in. You can download it from there. John, I want to start talking about the trends that we're seeing in the industry, because if there's one thing that has been constant, even since we started doing this podcast, is how everything just is constantly changing. And some of the, you know, some of the listeners are going to say, what the hell is wrong with Edgar, right? And I guarantee that they're going to say that as we start getting into today's podcast, because we're starting to talk already about focusing on next year. 
their thought process is probably going to be, look, man, we have our struggles now. We don't have our chems. We don't have our products. And yet you have this dumb, you know what, coming onto this podcast already talking about focusing on next year. But I think it's very important that we start to have these conversations because there's one thing that's been constant, John, is that everything has continued to change. And based on what we're seeing, everything is going to continue to change. But I want everybody to hear me out so that they see what we've been talking about for the last year on this podcast. First, we had Jared. And so Jared was on the podcast September 21st, and we started talking about the shortage back then. He mentioned that the cost of dry chlorine tabs was probably going to land at about 140, 150. And he did talk about the shortage, and he was absolutely right. As a matter of fact, John, yesterday I saw somebody post a picture of an invoice for a bucket of tabs, and it was $174.99. And on our Instagram Live, we talked to Eustachio, and he said that he paid $460 bucks for 100 pounds of CalHypo. So that just tells you crazy. Because let me tell you, the market in Texas is crazy. It's just like it is where you guys are at with the liquid chlorine. Over here, the issue is CalHypo because this is very, very, very heavy CalHypo territory. Then we go to April 12th and we talked to Brian Crisan from Hayward. We talked about making sure that everybody looked at their products and that there was what, 60 to 90 day? is what he was saying back then. So he was saying back in April, he was saying, look, guys, and John, he was the one that told us, look, the rules of the game have changed. And that has stuck. And that has been the best way for us to describe exactly what's going on. And that is that the rules of the game have changed. But now the thing, John, is, is that they're constantly changing. We have those two. Then on June 7th, we have Javier Payan from Payan Pools. And he started talking about making plans. So at that point, we were still talking about the chlorine shortage. At that point, there was no liquid shortage. There was no CalHypo shortage. But he said, look, as a business, I have to make sure that I'm prepared in case something goes wrong, in case that liquid doesn't come in. He said, everybody out there needs to have a plan. He went out, he bought, he bought a whole bunch of CalHypo that was supposed to be delivered in the summer. And I remember him saying, John, on the podcast, he said, Imagine rolling into the distributors August 1st and you roll in and there's no, there's no chemicals, there's no liquid, there's no, it was dead on. It was a couple of weeks earlier, but, but it's exactly that. Guys are rolling into the distributors and it's like, there's no chlorine, right? There's no yeah. Cal there's none of that. He had the sense to look at his business and put a simple strategy in place. And that was that I'm going to go out and place an order for CalHypo. We don't use CalHypo. None of my guys know how to use CalHypo, but I have to be protected to protect my 600 customers. I talked to him yesterday, John. They weren't able to deliver the CalHypo because they have the same problems as the logistics. He had to get some trucks and they had to go over and be able to pick it up. But if he hadn't placed that order, he would be in really bad shape. It's crazy. That's what I want to talk about today is we've been talking about this for a year. Setting up a business strategy at this point is going to be crucial because like Brian said, the rules of the game have changed and this is our new norm. So we have to now stop with that mentality that there's going to be products on the shelves next summer and have hopes that that's going to happen. It's literally, boom, here's the conversation that we've been having. The writing's been on the wall and it continues to be right there in front of us. And if you think that it's not 
going to consistently change, you are sadly mistaken. In business and, and what's happening right now, it's, it's a very fluid situation. And we've talked about this. It's unprecedented and things are changing and companies are adapting. And if you just sit there with your head in the sand and think that it's all just going to pass, you know, sometimes it might, sometimes it does, but most of the time it really doesn't. And if you're not adapting and changing with the times and being dynamic in that sense, then you're going to get, you're going to be punished for it as a business. And it's like roll or get rolled over, right? We, we hear about that roll or get rolled over. So roll with it, you know, or, or if you're going to sit there, it's coming. And no one pool service company or pro or builder is bigger than the industry. And the industry is just plowing through us right now. And either we, we start running in that direction and figuring ways to make it happen, or if we want to get stubborn and put our heads up and plant our feet in the ground and say, no, I'm not changing. And this is how I've done it for X amount of time. And I'm going to continue to do it this way. Cause if it's not broke, don't fix it. Da, 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 you're going to get rolled over, steamrolled. Even as prepared, we've been talking about it, right? And we say for a year and we've been doing it and you're laying out the timelines of the things we've been doing. And and I'm not going to say I, I was perfect. I mean, we planned, we planned, we did a great job and we're surviving and we're doing well, but I'm still having to put in a lot more work than, than I expected to make sure that our company is in, in a good position. And I didn't foresee it to be this bad, but and it is. that was my question is my question was going to be, you look at where you are today and you kind of go, thank God I am where I am today because I yeah. took all those steps in place. But imagine if you didn't do that. Imagine no. if you didn't take the steps thinking it's going to be better. But see, those are the ones of the people that are panicking right now and quitting pools and getting out of the industry. I'm hearing it day after day. Guys selling their routes. People talking about there's six routes, seven routes out in this area over here that are people are just putting their routes out for sale because they don't want to deal with the shit anymore. Or they're throwing their hands up because they can't do it. And they figured, hey, before I lose all my customers, let me see if I can just make some money off these customers before I go under. And it's sad. It really is. Because to be honest, all of this was preventable. Not putting it on our shoulders as the service guys and gals, but as business owners, you have to prepare. You cannot get be in a comfort zone all the time. Change is growth. And you have to constantly, and it's almost slight paranoia you got to have because you got to expect the worst and hope for the best. There's another saying. You can't just sit and think that everything's all sunshine and rainbows all the time and that everything's great and I'm the greatest businessman and I can figure this out. I'm the greatest pool tech and I got this. I'm not going to be affected by it. You have to be almost cynical as a business owner, because you need to be able to prepare and guard and protect what you've built and what you're doing. Because for a lot of us, not only is it yourself and your family that you're taking care of, but those with employees, you know, have employees and their families and, you know, that they're taking care of. So a lot of weight is on your shoulders. And that's why this business or being a business owner can be so such a great thing and you can be so successful and you can really thrive in it and, you know, and do really well for yourself. It's you, just, you it's just freaking mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. You really have to is. adapt. And it's tough because John, when, when I was doing pools, my mentality was my warehouse is the pool store because they always have stuff. So why am I going to buy something and warehouse it when I can just kind of go pick it up tomorrow? Yeah. I think a lot of pool businesses were like that. It's they're the warehouse, let them stock it there. I don't need to buy product and put it away because all I have to do is walk up to the store and buy it that day. But those days have changed and we're going to talk about that. And 
I want to make sure that our nation of pool pros don't take this as a pile on to everything that's going on. This is not a podcast or a topic to freak you out. What we want to do is we want to start the conversation now so that you can be prepared for next year, so that you can be prepared for tomorrow. And it was funny because this morning I wake up and I go on to Instagram and I start responding to some stuff and I sent you a picture of, of a quote that came. It says, does your business run you or do you run your business? And then I started laughing because the only thing that I, that I thought about right then and there was like, oh my God, that's what John says all the time. And I'm just thinking to myself, it's funny that Instagram is sending me these messages when these are the conversations that we're having about the industry and the business. But this is part of that. This is part of exactly what you say, that you have to get this business plan into play. You start. You need to start looking into the future because if not, your business is going to run you and that's where the stress comes. You're not ahead of the ship. You're behind it. You're trying to catch up. Absolutely. I mean, and it kind of goes back to, I think what Javier, I think on our, on his podcast, when when we had him, he was talking about the machine, right? Is the machine ahead of you or are you ahead of the machine? And it's always that constant pull back and forth. That really clicked with me when he was talking about it. And it's just so true. I think it's the exact thing that everyone needs to start focusing on. And why we wanted to talk about it today is business strategy. So we always talk business, 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 business. And here we go. And Edgar's going, all right, business strategy. And this is for next year. But Even if you start implementing it now, you're getting prepared for next year. There's a lot of things. It's never too late. It's never too late to start or at least to start the bleeding. A lot of these, if you start doing these things and put them into action now, you'll be better prepared for when something happens down the road or for next year. But you're also able to get a lot of learning and you're able to maybe hopefully stop the bleeding that might be happening right now because you don't have that in place. So let's break that down. Let me read the definition of a business strategy. A business strategy is an outline of actions and decisions a company plans to take to reach its business goals and objectives. The strategy defines what the business needs to do to reach its goals, which can help guide the decision-making process. Real simple. It's just like it's guidance, it's direction. It's just knowing what you're going to do. It's having like a calendar or a plan. It's not aimlessly wandering in the middle of nowhere, figuring out and just putting it all in faith and saying, hey, it's just going to all work out. It's the foundation. First, you create your business and what you want to do, what you're trying to accomplish, but then the the how, how are we going to get there and what are we going to do? I want to emphasize that a business strategy or a business plan is ever changing too. It's not something that you come up with a strategy and just because you came up with it and you said, hey, I have a strategy here and I'm, and I'm going to stick to it. Well, if you see it's not working, you need to change. You need to adapt because a lot of people that are in the pool industry or at least to start a new venture, a new business, it's the first time they've ever been in an industry or first time they've ever done anything like that. The foundation of like how to run a business is really the same across all industries, but you tailor it specifically to what you're trying to accomplish and the industry that you're in. For instance, like myself, I might have a a prior business background and I understand people, customers, sales, stuff like that, but it's a different animal when it comes down to the pool industry. So when you come up with the strategy and a business plan, understand that it's a living and breathing document. 
right? And I want to emphasize that it changes and it, and it grows as you grow. And by doing it that way and not being hardheaded and say, I'm just going to stick this through regardless if it's not working and I'm, I'm bleeding out, you're going to allow you, you're going to put yourself through punishment. Or if you take the lessons that you learn along the way while trying to execute that business plan or strategy and then fine tune it so that it's more more productive, then you you find yourself hitting that finish line a lot sooner than expected. One thing that everybody needs to understand is when we talk business strategy, it fits both sides. So if you're a one polar, you can have a business strategy. And guys, I know that they use the term business strategy and it's it's nothing complex from a business standpoint. You don't need to look at it and go, oh, I don't understand because I don't know what business strategy is. And we're going to kind of break that down so you understand how easy that business strategy is. But before I jump into the next section that we're going to get into, I've had a lot of guys reach out to me that they were super stressed. And I kind of kept telling them from the beginning, here's the things that you're going to face and here's the things that you need to start doing. And a simple business strategy is, how am I going to make sure that I have enough product? Now, we know that we're in extreme shortages. So I'm not saying go out and have a warehouse full of liquid chlorine. But what you need to do is you need to at least go out there and have whatever it is, John, if you have a small route, 10 cases of liquid chlorine that you're going to use throughout the week that you have that sitting there. And then what you do, you use that. But as you're using that during the week, you're going out to replenish that liquid or that supply that you have so that you're not in a situation where you you have zero, you only have what you have in the truck, and then you're really stressed out trying to you know get that. Because you might not get liquid chlorine today or tomorrow, but then you maybe can replenish that you know three days from now. Or you're able to buy a bucket of CalHypo or a, buck, a bucket of dry chlorine. So a lot of those guys that I've talked to that have understood that, because at the beginning, a lot of the conversations and guys would get angry with me going, well, I can't go out and buy one of everything. That's not the goal. The goal is look at the things that you're going to need to survive and focus on those. I just want to jump in onto that before we get on to the next point. When we talk about business, if we also talk about kind of life and how they and how they correlate, we talk about being prepared and stuff. So when it comes down to your home life and you hear what people say and what they do and, you know, tried and true for your finances, always what is the motto, always have three months worth of supply or pay or whatever available in case something happens so that you can pay your bills for three months and that you can find another job, right? We've been all taught that, that you need to have that savings account or that much money emergency cash in the, in your bank account so that if, God forbid, if you are working a W-2 job or you lose your job, you're able to be on your feet and you're not going to go homeless. You're able to pay your bills for three months and you have that emergency cash so that you can survive and weather whatever storm it is because you'll be back on your feet. It's a kind of the same thing with business. And it's the same thing too. You have to have that emergency fund. You have to have that emergency supply so that you can weather any types of changes or storms that come our way. Now, um, yes, this one for granted was, uh, was definitely a lot bigger than most, but it's kind of the same mentality. And I know it sounds almost out of reach saying, oh, I can't have all these things, or I can't have all these pumps, or I can't spend all this extra money on inventory and stuff like that. Well, I dig a little bit deeper and say, well, why can't you have that? If you're that financially strapped as a business or it's that tough for you to be able to invest that much into your company, 
then we need to now dig a little bit deeper and figure out how can we get you in a financial position so that you are more prepared. So that might be your first step, right? So you have that might be your business strategy. How do I get myself or my company more financially sound so that I can prepare for these types of situations in the future? Not try to hope and just say, oh, well, you know, my cash flow is there, but you know, the money that comes in, the money's going out and I'm just barely there. And as I make more money, I'm spending more money, but I'm not saving any money. Well, just like we save for taxes every year, right? And every quarter when you have to pay your quarterly taxes, every year when you do those types of things, you need to put a little bit aside though. So you can put yourself in a position where you're financially sound enough so that you can start doing this. And that has to be part of your business strategy. And those guys, John, that did reach out to me and have, and I even told the story about my buddy that kind of went off on me and was really upset. For a week, he was, I mean, he was driving two hours out trying to find things and he was trying to, you know, set up what it was that I was saying, set up a little bit of a par so that you have a little bit of something. And then throughout the week, you're not stressed, but all you're doing is trying to refill that small par that you have in your garage. And it's not as stressful. He goes out, he does that. I have a conversation with him. He's like, I was able to go out and I drove two hours and I got this and I drove over here and I got that. And now at least I have something that I could load my truck with and then replenish that as I'm out during the week. And John, his stress level just completely dropped because now what's happening is the business isn't running him. He's running the business. He's in control. It's not the shortage that's in control of him. And I understand that it's a lot harder said than done, but in these times, that's what you have to do. You have to get, like Eugene was saying, in front of that ship. You got to be ready to you know, handle those situations. And here's the thing, guys. This is why I want to get to the business strategy. This is why I want to start having the conversation today, because we've said it a thousand times and we'll probably say it a million times. The rules of the game have changed. This is the new norm. And the only way that things are going to change is if there's no demand in the industry. And that's probably something that we don't want. We don't want to be in a situation where the economy goes in the other direction and then you're in the other boat. Let me jump in. And John, I want to do a recap of everything that's been going on in the industry. You and I can kind of hit on some of those points because I want everybody to listen to everything from the beginning and to where we're at now. So first thing that happens is we obviously get that biolab plant that burns down. That produces 70% of the tabs and dry chlorine for the US. So that's step, you know, number one that puts us in a bind. The second thing that really hit us hard was COVID. And uh, it, that puts a strain on manufacturing, getting raw goods, logistics, etc. And the thing is, we all got hit with it. We knew it was kind of crazy and it was like a weird roller coaster of events because remember that week was, oh my God, am I going to have a job? Am I essential? You know, is the pool industry going to go down? And, you know, where it turned out being the exact opposite where we flourished and we boomed. We were lucky enough to where we were deemed essentials, which I believe we, we should have been. And it ended up being great for us. But we rode that high and that roller coaster at the very top and everything was good. And we look at COVID and say, yeah, these are going here. I'm still getting this. But as an industry in the service industry, you got to understand that, you know, these 
Think of the manufacturing. It's like a big tanker ship. You don't, that thing doesn't turn on a dime, right? It takes a long time to turn a big ship. And when a little thing like, or not a little, a big thing like COVID starts to affect manufacturing and the production of raw goods and, you know, all the logistics, when that seed is planted way, way, way back there, or that domino falls, that's like thousands of dominoes before it reaches you. And we don't quite see the impact yet, but it takes months, months, sometimes even a year or two years before it hits you. And now that COVID issue that we had, is finally starting to come around and we're finally starting to really feel the effects of it. And it's just been a one thing after another, after another. That was the catalyst. That's what really kind of started everything off was COVID. So number two, COVID. Number three is we go into the COVID, John, and the demand for building new pools is absolutely skyrocketed, right? It has absolutely skyrocketed. And you have unprecedented demands. The only time that we've seen higher demand was prior to the 2008-2009 recession. And I think at the pace that we're going, if the economy keeps going in the direction that it's going, we will surpass, surpass that because the number of pools that is being built is absolutely crazy. So now you have a huge demand of pools, which puts obviously a huge demand on you know products and heaters and all that kind of stuff. It's number three, you kind of get into that and now you have this big, huge demand on top of what you were just talking about with the COVID issue. Look, I want to touch a little bit on that and I want to give my, my input or my thoughts on this because I've had conversations with a lot of people about the difference between this boom and 2008. And this is just me thinking and I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but this is why I think it's different. In 2008, that was a lot of, you know, that the housing market, right? I think a lot of that was new homes being built, new places being developed, stuff like that that's going on. And those new homes have pools. This time around, it's people at home. It's the staycation, right? People are there, people looking in their backyards, right? Seeing the pool that they had and seeing the pool that they wish they had now and seeing what enjoyment they can get out of their pool. It's a completely different thing where I think it's a little bit more sustainable this time because we've changed the meaning of having a pool as a country. I think we've made more progress in that now than we have before in the past because people appreciate having something like that at their house. So when they appreciate stuff, they tend to want it more, right? And to take care of it. And that's why I think this, this is a lasting change that is going to continue to happen. And it's going to go on, I believe, for a generation. Kids are going to be growing up in swimming pools again. They're all going to be out there and they're going to be having it. And I think it's going to be really great for our industry down the road. So this is a blessing in disguise as far as backyards and, and us as an industry. Number four, we get hit with the Texas freeze. That creates an even crazier demand for products and starts to put products on back order. And you start to see 60 to 90 day plus. We talked about that domino effect that we started from back from COVID and how it comes back around. I truly believe if Texas didn't happen, we'd still kind of be starting to feel a little bit of product, something like that, but not quite as much. And it wouldn't be product and chemicals at the same time. We wouldn't be hit with like Armageddon. But the Texas freeze really accelerated that, really accelerated that. And it put the whole industry in a bind, especially the poor folks out in Texas. It was just brutal for months. 
on how tough it was. And they felt what we're feeling three months prior, right? So, and then now they're still going through what we're feeling now. So they, you know, you guys out in Texas have actually gone through through a lot more heartache than we have as far as like for product because we weren't quite feeling as bad. But you guys have now, it's been like six months now or whatever, or five months now that you guys have been actually struggling and you're going to continue to struggle. So you had a leg up in the struggle with a product out there. I've had guys that just recently last week got filters in that they had ordered back in February after the freeze and they just got them now. And so I agree. I think would the Texas freeze not have happened, it wouldn't have been as bad. And what happens with the Texas freeze is what was damaged was the equipment and you had to replace entire pieces of equipment, heaters, filters, pumps. Yeah, it's like a new pool. You know, all those big goods that we were already, because of like John was saying, you know, COVID put that big strain on the manufacturing and the raw goods and all that. And then now you get the Texas freeze and now there's a higher demand for those where you're having all those problems with the logistics and the goods and all that. It just kind of adds on top to everything that's going on. Then we move into the summertime and we start talking about the summertime and we start to see the chemical shortages. We're out of dry chlorine and there were talks back then that the distributors had put in POs worth millions of dollars for products from China and all that kind of stuff that they were going to be okay, that there was going to be enough product. Don't know what happened there. Don't know what happened with that situation. And I don't know the logistics side of it, whether China could even deliver or it's back order, whatever it is. But that's the first problem that we have is that those don't come into the market. Two, then you start to deal with liquid and has a, Hasa has issues with main suppliers of the supplies that they need to be able to make the liquid chlorine, and that puts a bind on production. Then you look at CalHypo and you got Segura, and they can produce plenty of CalHypo, but then the problem is they don't have plastic, they don't have buckets to put it in. And now they're looking for other ways to be able to package that, which tells you that in the short term, they don't see any relief on them being able to get those buckets because if they're logistically thinking of how can we repackage this product, that tells you that they see that there's issues that are going to be down the road, right? But then you add that and it puts them in a bind because now they want to put out as much product as they can. And what we end up with is a perfect trifecta. We talk about the dry, we talk about the liquid, we could talk about the CalHypo, and there's the perfect tri trifecta into the chlorine. Yeah, look, and just to touch on that a little bit, that's when it really starts to get scary. When, so, when stuff really simple like that, like plastic, isn't available so that you're not able to produce um, or be able to transport or store the product you're trying to produce for a certain industry, something as big as plastic, just think how small the pool industry is compared to the other industry, the restaurant industry, right? Or the buildings and stuff like where everybody's having that issue, right? And who's prioritizing what industry gets what and who gets what and what it creates. It's quite the cluster if you think about it. And I talked to a buddy of mine that said that knows somebody who works for Amazon that is saying that tennis shoes are going to be very hard to find this year very hard to find tennis shoes and to get stuff backpacks for back to school. And it's like, are you kidding me? Really? I mean, we, it, but it's true. Just think about it. All that really plays. I mean, it's only going to get worse. <sighs> it's it's going to be quite the ride. And this whole situation is just kind of like mind blown. But 
number six is we're starting to see that certain products are going into back order for up to like 12 months. Imagine I'm ordering a pump or ordering whatever it is. I, I, not necessarily pump, but some products are saying that they, hey, they have a 12 month lead time before they can actually start fulfilling orders or fulfilling. And that is just a lot of things change in 12 months. I, I just don't know. 12 months back order. Imagine talking to a customer and say, hey, yeah, we can do that. We'll set it up uh, for 20. I'm booking for 2023 for your pump install or, you know, for your filter. Yeah, well, we're taking orders for 2023. Uh, would you like to sign up for it? It's just crazy, but it's kind of the situation that we're in and we just got to prepare for it. So, wow. Yeah. And some of the products make sense. So an example, I've heard that some salt systems are a back order for 12 months. Yeah. That makes perfect sense because what do we have now? A shortage of chlorine. So what does everybody want to do for the future? They want to kind of prepare for the future and, and prepare. But it's exactly what you're saying, John. We saw that production go into, hey, you're 60, you're 90 days out. You need to change that. But demand just continues. They continue to build pools. I talked to pool builders. Dude, they're going into end of 22 for delivery of pools. Some of them are even going into the beginning of 23. But it's because of that, because they know that there's a product shortage. And if they know that products are taking them a year to deliver, they can't tell somebody, oh, I'll have it done in six months. Then the next thing that we get into, John, number seven is, you know, manufacturing companies that supply parts that are needed for some of these manufacturers have already sent the letter and I've seen the letter that tells them that they have a four and a half percent increase on a lot of those products or components that they use to be able to create that product for us. So here's how that works. That company is going to go four and a half percent. So I come to you, John, and I go, hey, John, prices have gone up. I, here's where we're at. I have to charge you or mark up all your products four and a half percent. You're going to take that now as the manufacturer. You're not going to go to distribution. Oh, we're just going to pass on the four and a half percent to you. You're going to turn around and go, well, you know, there's a six and a half percent increase, right? Because you increased it a couple of percentages in that process for, for the challenges that you have to go to. You have to pay more money. You have to output more cash. You have to do all that. So those businesses need to get compensated for those issues as well. Then the manufacturer turns around and sends it to distribution, whether it's SCP, PWPP, any of those. They're not going to give it to them the six and a half percent that it got. They're going to increase it as well. So you can see a four and a half percent increase all the way from the beginning equate to a seven or eight percent increase that we just recently saw. And some of them are going to be impacted more than others. That leads to my thing that you better freaking know your numbers. You better know what your cost of service is. And don't come to me and say, well, I charge 140 bucks because I charge 140 bucks. Because if you don't know what it costs you to service a pool, you really have no idea whether you're making money or you're not making money. And you better make sure that you're charging the right amount. And with all this stress level, one of the things that I want to make sure is that my business is profitable. Because if I'm going to go through this headache, I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to be so stressed out. I need to make sure that my profits are there. I read an article this morning and I'm going to read it real quick because it, it applies to what we're talking about here as an industry. And it's labeled inflation and prices continue to climb. So consumers should brace for higher prices. U.S. consumers should be prepared for even higher prices as companies across the country respond to inflation rates not seen in years. Take the food and beverage industry, Nestle, 
all raised their prices recently. The companies have pointed to increasing costs for ingredients, packaging, transportation costs, reason for price hikes when they reported quarterly earnings earlier this week. Meanwhile, toy makers like Hasbro and Mattel said supply chain dis- disruptions and increasing prices for materials and labor are prompting them to increase their prices as well. Toy companies are racing to build enough inventory ahead of the holiday season. Material transportation, labor costs weigh in on margins. Companies across most industries are dealing with rising material and transportation costs. At the same time, demand for many products is surging after a year and a half of restrictions on businesses. These two trends combined have caused prices to surge. Inflation in the U.S. is rising to the quickest rate it has in over 10 years. In the first half of the year, Nestle raised prices by an average of 1.3% across all its categories. Prices for milk-based products, including ice creams, are up 3.5%. Prices uh, for water has gone up 1.6% for the year. Nestle expects its input costs to increase by 4%, which will hurt profitability. Just think about that, right? The toy companies racing to stock up ahead of the holidays are facing similar issues. Shipping bottlenecks are resulting in delays from products from China, where most of the toys are in the U.S. markets are made. Meanwhile, shipping rates are up significantly, which is hurting toy makers' margins. These trends are prompting Hasbro to source products from different countries to ensure that it has enough inventory to meet demand and is prompting MGA Entertainment, the toy company behind the popular LOL surprise dolls, to raise prices to offset rising costs. Some of its products priced at $10 will increase to $12, while toys which normally sell at $29 will soon sell for $35. And it's all from supply bottlenecks to increasing material and labor costs. Prices from everything from ice cream to water to dolls to toys will all be going up this year. It's right there, right? Isn't that just crazy? I read it this morning. I'm just like, wow, you know, and Nestle's huge. They make a lot. And to think that their input costs or their costs are going up by 4%. Imagine that 4% at the manufacturing level is equivalent to like 20%, 30% at the retail under an end consumer, because that 4%, they got to be able to make that back in profit and they rise that. Now their distribution has to be able to make a Rise, raise their prices so they can go from there. And then distribution to the retail store has to raise their prices, right? It's a snowball effect. And these are huge numbers when you're really thinking about it. And it's all across the world and all across the country and not just the pool industry anymore. And it's going to affect us bad. It really is. So we're not just saying this just to say it. We're, it's right there. Like we said, the writing is on the wall. On to number eight. Logistics continue to be an issue everywhere, not just in the pool industry, and these logistic problems are not slowing down. A, ports are backed up with up to 37 ships waiting in the water. We're not talking about little tiny ships, right? That's insane. Right? We're talking about some monster ships that take cargo cargo ships, right? We're talking about (laughs) billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of product. B, Now, not only is it backed up, right? We have all that, but we have a shortage of drivers. And then C, hiring issues. Everyone is fighting for employees. We talked about it on the hiring uh, podcast when we were doing that. And we said, hey, the tables have turned. It's where the applicants now in the employees or the workforce is, is holding all the cards right now. 
where it's not like I need a job. No, no, you need me is the type of mentality. And that's why things are just going crazy as an industry. You know, you get one thing that happens or maybe two things that happen and we kind of weather through and we get by it. But this is like literally the tables have turned 180 degrees and everything has just hit everybody all at once. And it is literally almost like Armageddon, you know, as far as like business wise. And there is going to when the dust settles, there are definitely going to be a lot fewer businesses that are around because this apocalypse. But the ones that do survive are going to be much stronger and much more prepared um, for the next time this happens. Number nine is really until the economy slows down and the demand for new pools slows down, manufacturers are not going to be able to catch up. It's really simple, guys. They're so far behind right now the manufacturers, that they just kind of catch up, can't catch up. And the only way that that's going to happen is if the economy slows down so that the demand slows down at this point. Number 10, uh, we're seeing that companies are not building any new facilities to be able to manufacture more products. So that means less demand drop shortages, unless demands drop shortages will continue. And we touched on this a little bit on the live when we had Jared. Again, at the end of the day, it's a business. We're all this is what we're doing. As a business owner, you do what's best for your business, your customer who supports your business, and you do what you need to do. As an industry, it's like, where are we going to get to this point where we're going to understand that you got all this demand, all this demand, all this demand. And as a company, you got these big companies out here goes, look, we're not going to invest half a billion dollars into an industry or, I mean, into a new facility or into a new this or that because of this temporary surge in, in product. Because when the dust settles and this this wave or this boom goes back to normal or not quite normal, maybe a little bit more, you know, we're thinking that, hey, right now we can handle up to 120% capacity in our current facilities. We might not be able to handle 200%. We're normally running at 80%. Um, our facilities now are running at 120%, but we really need 200%. Are we going to invest a half a billion dollars into, into a facility or into a structure so that we can accommodate this influx of an additional 80% of business for six months or eight months? And then when it all dies down, we're going to fall back down to instead of 80%, we might be at 90 or 100%. And then now we got 100% of capability or capacity that's not being used. I understand that's how they're probably thinking. And this is just me thinking, but at a certain point, Something has to give, right? And again, this falls back down to planning that we talk about. And it goes to not just us as business owners, but also to the big wigs and the big corporations out there. This wasn't in the cards, right? And hopefully they take the lessons that happened during this pandemic or this season and they learn from it because they needed to have a plan in place for something like this so that when when this does happen again down the road, we're more better prepared. It's definitely challenging times out there. And really what we want to do is we want to take you through the chronological order of everything that's happening so that you can see the trends. And that's what we're trying to talk about. We're trying to show you the trends that we're seeing and show you how those trends are going to continue. John, I have a couple questions for you. And then what I want to do is I want to jump into talking about business strategy and really kind of, there's a lot of components to a business strategy, but what we want to do is we want to break it down and make it simple so that it's not 
people aren't thinking that they need to go put a business strategy in place being Nestle, right? Because that's a whole different ballpark. That's a whole different animal. But more, how can you use a business strategy to prepare yourself for next year? But let's do this, John. Let's take a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we will continue. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see print and pay invoices it has all your customers information on one page so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips created specifically for the pool industry pool invoice now available at poolinvoice.com Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, Edgar. And today we're talking with John. We're talking business strategies. We're going through some trends. There's a couple of people out there, John, that are emailing me that listen to the Instagram Live. And we had a little bit of an issue, and that was my fault because what ended up happening is we set up the lives for Facebook and YouTube. I hit record. We had a little bit of an issue with one of the intros, and then I accidentally hit on stop. So what it did is it canceled out those two live streams that I had put out. So everybody's listening through the Riverside FM app. The challenge is, John, when they close their phone and put it in their pocket, it, it stops. And that was something that I actually had the opportunity this week to talk to one of the VPs of development for Riverside, great guy. And I was stoked that they even sent out a message and said, hey, yeah, let's talk because I wanted to talk about some of the features that I thought could help us, even though we're niche and we do something different. But what I loved is that he said, yeah, absolutely. And they're based out of uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. And so even with the time difference, he made time. We had a great chat. Hopefully those are things that they take into play. We're such a small piece of the puzzle but he was really stoked on some of the conversations and some of the ideas. I really would like them to better the chat system, similar to what we had before, where it's just at least able to listen and people can have the phones and stuff like that. So 
I apologize to all our listeners that jump on the lives and have become part of our family every Friday. That was my fault for hitting stop. And we're still kind of figuring out this platform. So we know for next week, definitely not to do that. So my apologies, John. I take I take the blame for that one completely. Or you know what? Zach wasn't Zach's here. It's fault. Zach's fault. Absolutely. It's Zach's fault. You know what, Zach? It's your fault for not being here because it was your job to push that button. <laughs> So, John, we're talking about trends. We're kind of trying to take everybody on the journey of everything that has been going on. So would you say that the writing is on the wall that over the next year, things aren't going to change? And so if you keep with your same mindset, you're going to be in the same problem that you're in today? I think we're almost at the beginning of the end, you know, where and I think things are are still going to continue to be tough for a very long time. I don't think that everything is right now it's like everything is just non-existent right nothing you can't get anything there's going to be some push and pull and there's going to be some changes and stuff where some things are going to come back in stock some things are going to go over but most importantly i think that our mentality as an industry kind of has changed and hopefully for the best because it's where we're starting to understand, not unnecessarily understand it, but accept it and know that all the bitching and moaning, all this and this and that isn't going to change what's happening right now for you or the situation in why you're in that position. And people are more, more geared towards now survival mode and figuring out this is it's you know it's game time right now i need to figure out what i need to do to make things happen and truth be told it's really times like this is what makes us better so i look at it not as a positive really that's this happened to everybody because i know some people a lot of people are really struggling but i like to look at the great things or the things that we can pull out of this or we can extract from these as learning experiences. And I think as a whole, as an industry, this is going to make us a much stronger, much more tighter knit and much more prepared for the future. But to answer your question simply, it's not going to get much easier anytime soon, Um, especially summertime right now because it's crunch time. It's peak season. When September, October, November kind of kicks in, right? then water start to cool off a little bit. For us, it's a little different. It's more of our high season, but we're a certain little area. I think the demand is naturally going to be coming down because we're not in that position, but there's still a lot of catch up that needs to be. So we're going to start to see a little more product or more product coming in, but don't take that for granted, right? That doesn't mean that it's over because it could just be a lull and we might just be right back and forth because when next summer kicks in or next spring, chances are we're still going to be back in that same position and you're going to have an opportunity to, to prepare now so that hopefully we're not put in that same situation come 2022. This is why we wanted to start having this conversation now, John, because if I look at it and I'm looking at all the trends that we're talking about and, and everything that we're seeing, I don't see at this stage next summer things being a lot better. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, maybe chlorine has the opportunity to make some changes because, you know, Segura has their issues so they can kind of go and they can solve their issues and kind of come up with new packaging and be able to get that. The the biolab plant might be back in spring of 2022. 
So you have that. And then, you know, obviously Hasa being able to get their supplier now back open and again and kind of getting them their products, there might be some relief there. I'm not saying that there is. I'm not saying that there isn't. I'm saying that's an opportunity there. When it comes to products and pumps and heaters, there's a bottleneck and I don't see any solution to that bottleneck because exactly like you were saying, they're not building new manufacturing plants. They're not building new facilities. So that means that right now they're running 100% production and they're not able to catch up and we still have the demand. I see summer of next year being somewhat similar. And we're trying to have the conversation now. So you start thinking strategically, what do you need to do now? And my concern, John, is with a lot of businesses out there that they think, you know, they're so stressed out right now. You're so go, 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 that you are going to get when the summer's over and you kind of go into that winter and everything kind of slows down a little bit. You kind of have the, the chlorine, you kind of have that stuff. And you kind of take your eye off of the prize and you kind of think, oh, we have time. We have time. Three months will fly by. You're back into spring again. And if you don't have that business strategy, that that business plan in place to be prepared for next summer, it's going to catch up on you. And then it's that same vicious cycle again of the stress of all the products and all that. You really have to focus on, like you say, right? It, it's not focusing on the problem. It's focusing on the issues and it's, it's fixing those issues. And you say something like that, and I'm completely paraphrasing because I that think works. I just completely I like botched it, it I like up. It. But I think that was a- Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. That works. I, 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 I think I chopped it up and lost it there. But, but that was the point, John, that you say it is, is you got to stop looking and discussing the problem. You know, stop, stop bitching about it. Stop focusing on that part and really start focusing on what it is that you're going to do to fix that. Well, yeah, you have to come up with actionables. You have to come up with, hey, look, the past is a past. What's great about it is the only time the past is great is when you take it and you learn from it. Right. And you don't repeat those same mistakes. So what can we do now? Let's let's sit back reminisce and talk about all the things that happened before in the past when we're done and we're through and we're okay, right? Now's not the time is what I'm saying is it's game time. It's crunch time. Now's not the time to try to talk about what's happening and how it's happening or or why it happened or whatever. You know, it's more of like, what are we going to do right now to prepare so that we're, we're more suited up so that tomorrow when I'm out there, I can make a difference in how my business is running so that I'm more successful so that I'm not put in that position again. It's always easy. Look, sitting here at this chair or talking and saying, you know, oh, this is what everybody should have done or this is what we should do. It's really simple to say, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and we should have seen this when we talked about this or whatever. But what's most important, I guess, is what I'm where I'm getting at is what are we doing right now? Have we accepted that? Are we at a point yet? Have we accepted that this is the new norm and this is an issue and that it needs to be addressed and we need to do something about it? And every minute we take or we spend not addressing it or doing something about it is every inch or foot we dig ourselves further into a hole. Let's talk a little bit. And we're going to have a part two to this podcast where we talked about it a little bit earlier. We're going to have John. We're going to have Zach. We're going to talk a little bit about a business plan, what it is that that small business plan. And it's really simple, guys. The idea is to kind of give you guys a template something that you can look at and go, okay, yeah, we should do something like that in order to be able to 
be successful or not be in the same situation next year. So I want to talk really quick about a couple of points why business strategy is important. And today we'll talk about three points. We'll talk about vision. We'll talk about trends and we'll talk about competitive advantage because I think those go really well with exactly everything that we've been talking to up until now. Let me start by talking about, about vision and I'll give you a little bit of a description of what that vision is in that business strategy. That business strategy is going to be important because it creates a vision for you, for your company, or if you're a single polar out there to follow. And I know there's a couple of listeners here. I know Jay's on here. Big shout out to you, Jay, listening. He's got a bigger company. But that vision creates a vision for all your other employees, for all your other people. And it's going to lead and motivate you and your coworkers effectively because you're going to have something clearly defined as the roles and the responsibility. So if you are somebody that has employees, you kind of give them that vision, you show them what they're responsible, and you show them what the goal is, and they're going to be, they're going to feel part of it. Because a lot of what happens in these situations is your employees see the stress that you're going into. And if they don't feel like they're part of that solution, and they're part of helping you succeed, it even creates more stress on them. And it creates dissatisfaction. So you have to make sure that they're part of that and that they have a shared purpose in getting to where it is that you want to get. It really makes sure that nobody's losing sight if you have that vision and that company mission. So vision is really important, guys. And vision is really that, that bigger picture of you know, what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So let's say that we say, okay, our business strategy is next year, to be able to at least have some inventory of what it is that we're going to have. So that's the vision, right? Here's my my end goal, my vision. And then if you have employees and certain employees are going to be in charge of procuring certain things, then that's their roles and they are now part of that vision. They're part of you helping you succeed that business. You hit a great point, you know, talking about how you know, as a business owner and having employees and them feeding off of how you are and how you conduct yourself or, or what you're feeling, you know, it goes back to you're a product of your environment. A business is like a family. At least that's how I look at it. And just like your kids, your children, your wife, your friends, you are a product of your environment. And, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are type of mentality where if your environment that you established in your business is where your people are coming to see you and you're constantly stressed, yelling, upset, afraid, worried, complaining, then that's the type of environment that you're going to breed. And that's how your employees feed off that. And that's really tough to be able to put on that face. If you're not stressed as a business owner, or if you don't got headaches or problems that are going on, then something's not right. You know, there's always, there's always some drama happening. What's important is, especially if you have employees or people that work for you and the customers that you service or that you talk to, they can't see those things. You know, you need to be able to to deal with those demons, inner demons uh, on your own. That's why that's why you're the boss. That's why you're the owner. That's why that's your company. And you have to foster an environment where people feel comfortable and people want to be there and want to work there. And if it's a constant stress and it's constant, you know, oh, my God, it's the end of the world type, then people aren't going to want to work there. It's going to be a disaster. So the second thing is trends. 
And we touched on this a little bit earlier when I was talking about how it's a living and breathing document when it comes down to a business strategy. Uh, business strategy allows you to identify trends and opportunities for future growth. For your business to remain competitive, you need to adjust and reevaluate your tactics frequently. A business strategy is a dynamic resource that businesses can modify and develop to address changes in the industry or in the market. It safeguards them from complacency. We are seeing trends in industry that you need to reevaluate and put on paper. And these are the things that are like, these were unwritten. Nobody wrote a book really about this. You, there is no who moved the cheese or there is no book that you can go read that you could have read before that would have kind of explained it for the pool industry. And these are new things that, that are happening. And we're writing the history books now. And we're writing these books and saying, look, this is in case this happens, in case this happens, break this, break that, do this, do that. It's up to us to be able to take these lessons, learn from them, and then apply them in the future in our new business strategy so that we're more prepared and that we can uh, be set up for success or, or more prepared to deal with it to weather the storm down the road. Here's the thing is you made me think, John, who moved the cheese, right? And that was a big book in business that you probably read and I probably read too. But I think we're going to have to write a book that says who moved the chlorine. <laughs> right. There you go. We talk about vision. We talk about the trends. And here's what happens when you have a small business plan in place. You see the vision, you put it in, you're seeing the trends, which we're seeing, we're talking about right here, that we're seeing all those trends. We don't think that a lot of it is going to get very much better. If you do have the vision, if you do see the trends and you put actions into place, it's going to give you a competitive advantage. A business strategy is going to encourage that business to introspect, right? To kind of think of from within. And it's going to offer a guide on how your business is performing internally and externally. And at this, at this stage, when we talk about it, John, if somebody had the vision, if somebody was seeing the trends, if somebody, and I know that you've done it, put some actions into play and you did protect and have certain supplies, it really allows you to see how your business is performing. And right now, yes, it's a lot more work, but you're not in the situation where some of the other companies are, where they can't find products, they can't do any of those things. So you do have a competitive advantage because you've put that into play. For all you pool guys out there and pool companies out there that can identify your strengths and your weaknesses and, and understand them better, it's going to be crucial to be able to give you that competitive advantage. You know, for those that were able to see the trends and whether it was, you know, stock up with chlorine. So we talk about Javier Payan, right? And he kind of went out and he, he had that vision. He was seeing the trends and he went out and he put a game plan into place. Now he's in a lot better place because he doesn't have any chlorine. He can't run his business. Imagine not having chlorine for 600 pools because it's very different, John. A pool guy that has 40 pools can go get four cases of chlorine today and four tomorrow and four there, and that's fine and they can survive. But imagine walking into a distributor and you having 600 pools and going, I need to buy some liquid chlorine. And they go, yeah, there's a four case max. Doing these things and having this business plan in place is going to give you that competitive advantage. The same thing with what Eugene did. So he had learned from a previous freeze that there was going to be a shortage of product, that there was going to be a huge demand. And what he did is as he saw that coming, he went out and he placed a big, huge order on equipment and parts. And it gave him a huge competitive advantage because now not only was he able to take care of his customers, but 
people that were calling, he would be able to go out there and take that business and service those pools and fix the equipment. There's a lot of guys out there that are, you know, what we call the one pullers. So for you to be able to make those adjustments, you don't need to go out and spend $2 million buying equipment. If your operation is smaller, your inventory is going to be smaller. And what I would say is look at the things that you sell the most and stock those. So if this year you sold five pumps from here to next year, try to get yourself in a situation where you can have three or four pumps stocked in there so that you can be ready. Because you know that if on average you replace five, next summer, you're going to need those five pumps. Yeah, it's called forecasting, right? Just forecast. It's real simple. Go to SCP, wherever you shop and tell them, hey guys, I need you to look up my last three years. How many pumps did I buy this year? How many pumps did I buy that year, that year? If you don't have some form of billing software inventory system already put in place where you can just go there and they can just give you an idea of how many of this did I go through? How much of that I go through? How much chlorine did I go through? How much of this did I go through? And have that. It's a wealth of information. You should do it regardless because it'll help give you deeper insight into the inner workings of your business because there's just too many people that just go charge, buy stuff, pay the bill, don't really question it, don't really look at it, kind of go in depth, don't really understand how things are changing or, or prices. And it'll be quite the eye opener. People really need to start looking into this now and doing it. And I know we keep talking about it. And if people are getting sick of it, I'm sorry, but you know, we're doing it because, you know, we care. Edgar was talking about competitive advantage. It is. That's how survival of the fittest. This is how it works. Those that aren't prepared, those that when the dust settles, the companies that are still around are going to thrive. You know, they're going to have all the business they're going to ever, ever imagine they could have because there's going to be so many less people in the game. You know, it's natural. It, that's what happens in all industries. But if we can avoid some of that, you know, get you guys a little bit more prepared and into thinking a little different, get your business cap on, like Edgar likes to say, start digging deep into these numbers and figuring things out. That's what's going to kind of help you. Those are some of the things that we need. We want you to start talking about, start thinking about, start kind of looking at seeing all the trends and all the things that are out there and how you're going to start to put an action plan in place. And I know things are really busy right now. It's not something that you probably have to go ink tonight. And if you don't do it tonight, you're doomed. But when you do have some slow time, start thinking about it. Start thinking about, you know, the things that we're talking about. The trends are there. The writing's on the wall. So what action plans are you going to put in place? Here's what I want to do. I want to take our final words from our sponsors and come back and get your final thoughts on everything that's going on. So guys and girls out there, on the next episode of the business strategy, we're actually going to put a business plan in place with John and Zach so that you guys can see how easy it is to start to put something together. And we'll also share the steps to be able to do that so that it can help guide you through that process. Let's take a word from our sponsors. When we come back, I want to get your final thoughts and we'll take it from there. The Hyper Poll from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care poll designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. 
Pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see print and pay invoices it has all your customers information on one page so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips created specifically for the pool industry pool invoice now available at poolinvoice.com Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to our Pool Nation podcast. And we're talking to John. We're talking about trends. We're talking about strategies. And we're talking about business strategy. Quick recap on the podcast. You know, we talk about the industry, where it's been. We talk about our podcast, how it's gone through the last year, all the people that have come on, the pros that have come on that have had some experiences in the past and how they drive their businesses and how they've been able to see some of these things coming and make some adjustments. And then we continue to see all these big trends of all the right, what we, what you and I call all the writing on the wall. With all that, let me get your final thoughts. Now that we're doing this new format and we kind of joke about it, right? We do our video and I always put a, a little canvas or a picture on the wall, right? And I think this one's perfect for what we're talking about here because we're business plan and business strategy. And a lot of times I hear from people saying that I just don't understand or I'm just not good at this or I don't have business experience or I just know how to do this or I know how to do that. And like skills or things that, you know, they think that, you know, they had to go get a master's in college for or something to be successful at doing it. And I'm like, look, and we talk about the writing on the wall, right? And here, here it is right here. And this is one of my favorites. The 10 things that require absolutely zero talent and zero skill and start this off with the business plan or your business strategy. And one is being on time Two, work ethic, three effort four body language, how you present yourself, five, the energy that you put forth, six attitude, seven passion, eight being coachable, being coachable willing to learn uh, nine going the extra mile doing extra and 10 being prepared and that's kind of what we're talking about here and those anybody anybody who can bog up a mirror can do that if they want because it's all mindset right it's all in the mind it all starts there if you're not willing to do that first then it's kind of hard to do anything else it comes down to like foundation so i'm going to leave it at that i really wish everyone who's listening actually you know get something out of this and and helps them through it and you send us your dms or questions we have a lot of things in the works uh edgar myself and zach we've been putting our heads together trying to figure out the best way we can we can approach this and we got quite a few things in the pipeline 
that I think is going to help or give the opportunity to help a lot of people out on a more personal level. So I'm, I'm super stoked and excited. Uh, love these types of podcasts and can't wait to do more of them. For those of you out there that are listening and go, hey, I don't have any business experience. I don't know how to do this. It doesn't matter if you have an education or you don't have an education. You're not going to learn these things until you're in the battlefield. Even based on my experience, kind of going through hotels and going through all that stuff. And you know, same thing, you know, times where recessions would hit and the bis- whole business operation had to change. But the standpoint of the business strategy came at that point. And you don't, you don't learn that until you're forced to be in that position to learn it. And I think our industry is in a position where those that want to survive have to dig deep. And I know it's really hard because everybody is working tons of hours. And then once they're done working, they're going scrambling around trying to find equipment and trying to find chemicals. And that just makes it worse. And you kind of even start to question, oh my God, do I want to keep doing this? But if you create a business strategy, if you create a little bit of a plan in place to be prepared for next summer, I can guarantee you that you're not going to be in the same spot that you are today and you are going to have that competitive advantage and your business is going to thrive. But you have to make sure that during these typical difficult times, like John says, you have to have that work effort. You have to put that effort into it and you have to have the passion for it and you have to take your business definitely to the next level. For everybody out there, you know, take the time. I know times are difficult. I know times are tough, but put that business plan in place. And next year, you won't be in this situation. Next year, your business will be thriving and will be doing a little bit better. And join us on part two of this podcast, because we're actually going to give you some tools to be able to put that plan into place and kind of see what it is that we're seeing. And then we will also find some other experts in the industry that have been going through the same thing and they can share their experiences. So I hope everybody, you know, enjoyed this podcast. John, I really enjoyed this podcast. It was a kind of a deep dive into all the trends that we're seeing in there. So John, thanks for your time. I know that we normally always say, hey, our podcasts are gonna be about an hour and they're always about an hour and a half, two hours. And I know that you have a lot of stuff going on. So I, I really always appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one, Edgar. Thank you so much. All right, guys, have a great one. We will talk next week. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.